Welcome, warriors, to the Advancing Women podcast. Greek philosopher Protagoras asserted that, quote, man is the measure of all things. Are we meant to take these words at face value, that man, not woman, is the measure of all things? Or are we meant to assume that by men, we mean humans or mankind as the measure of all things? And this is a really good conversation to have in this last week of March, the last week of Women's History Month. And I want to talk about that a little bit. Why do we need it? Isn't history about all of humanity? Why do we need Women's History Month? When men make history, it's just called history. But when women make history, it's women's history. Women's history and the contributions of women aren't historic just for women. They're historic and important for everyone. Women's history is all of our history. The problem, of course, is the absence of, the invisibility of, the experience of women in our telling of history. So while some may argue that by having Women's History Month, we're perpetuating that women as other ideology, what we're actually doing is trying to correct the invisibility of women and the experience of humanity, which does indeed include women. We celebrate women to inform and remind us of women's contributions to our history, contributions which have historically been hidden, overlooked, not acknowledged, or even talked about. And sharing the stories of historic women isn't trivial. It helps celebrate women who've paved the way, those who are fighting for and representing women even today, even now. And importantly, it serves to create a more complete story of humanity in history, a history which includes men and women. And so I'm delighted today to welcome entrepreneur and historian Maria Blair to the Advancing Women podcast. Welcome, Maria. I'm so happy to have you here. Hi, I'm happy to be here. So you really got on my radar when I saw the description of your tours from No Illusion Tours website. I came across this line. You said, since I was young, I valued stories and the way that people are connected through the craft of telling them. I believe that you can learn a great deal about a person or a place by the stories that they choose to tell. Indeed, you also noted how your very first stories at No Illusions have been told through the voices of remarkable women. And that really struck me because our history is and has always been largely rooted in androcentrism, the privileging of male experience and the othering of female experience. And that androcentrism, that practice, conscious or otherwise, of placing a masculine point of view at the center of one's worldview, of our culture and history, culturally marginalizes women. And so despite being equal in the population, men stand out as being more typical than women. The tendency to view men as more typically human than women can cause behaviors with consequences, like the propensity to center society around men and men's needs, priorities, and values, and to relegate women to the periphery. As French philosopher and writer Simone de Beauvoir poignantly said, quote, man is treated as human and woman as other, end quote. So Maria, can you tell us a little bit about your love for history and how that has informed your starting No Illusions Tours and the importance for you in telling the untold stories of women and our history and our role in history? Yeah, absolutely. So you talked about me growing up loving stories and feeling like there was such a connection that people had through those stories. And I think like many children, especially many little girls growing up with Disney, you'd see a lot of women featured in stories and fairy tales. And then once I grew up and started going outside of 
fairy tales, I was interested in true stories. And I wanted to hear about real people that lived throughout time where I grew up and all over the world. And for a long time, I wasn't really seeing girls or women in those stories. And I grew up having a lot of male role models. I wanted to be like so many men in history that accomplished these great things, especially in American history. I think we talk from a male perspective a lot. Um, We don't have any queens to talk about. And I think the everyday woman and man are often put to the side. But that also means that we have these little snippets of things like Betsy Ross made a flag. And that's all I had to kind of connect with for a long time. And when I started really wanting to tell stories myself, I realized that I wanted to do that in a historic way. And I wanted to talk about my city stories and stories beyond that. And I had a friend that said, well, why wouldn't you do that from a women's perspective? That's what you're most interested in. That's what you talk about all the time. And I really started to do that and enjoyed it and found that these women were now my role models. These women I never learned about, never knew existed and were right there with me this whole time in the same place that I grew up and really had an impact, but I didn't know stories. Yeah, I think that's really important. A few weeks back, I had an owner of a publishing company, Open Book Publishing, and she talked about how she grew up not enjoying reading. And I thought that was so strange. And she explained, kind of similar to what you were saying, well, I would read stories and I didn't see myself in those stories. And so when we think of historians, we think of older gentlemen. And I think people will be surprised when they see your photo. When I put out the promotion for this episode, you don't look like what probably many people think of as a historian. You're young and you're a woman and you're telling these stories of history and you're interested and excited about history. But I don't know that girls and women have always been as interested in history because they haven't seen themselves in the stories. And so we think of our history teachers growing up. I don't know about you. Mine was a male, but I'm noticing that those numbers are changing. We're seeing now that about 40% of history teachers are women. I can't help but wonder if Women's History Month and talking about women in history and telling these untold stories aren't having a positive impact when we start to see more women interested in history to the point you made for you to have role models, but also this idea of women being role models. That's absolutely true. And I think it's interesting how you mentioned teachers because teachers are role models in a huge way. And I would say, looking back, most of my teachers were male that were history teachers. And it's interesting because teachers generally end up being female for the most part. It's always been considered a pink collar job. I definitely did have some female teachers. Um, I would say that it was interesting, though, that a lot of my role models in telling history stories were men, too. Not only were the stories about men, but men were telling them. So that is something I think I struggled with and not really seeing myself as a historian or seeing myself as going into that field. And I actually started off going into education and I taught younger students and I loved it. I really did. But I also wanted to have more of an impact from a historic perspective and telling those stories. And I didn't see that happening um, teaching pre-K as much. So um, I was able to kind of get that um, fulfillment, I guess, in my tours and be able to reach other women in that way. Yeah, I love that. And I think being a historian and being a teacher go hand in hand. When I look at the history, I see that the share of women receiving degrees in history has really rose. In the 60s, it was in the 20s. And now it's around 
49%. So we're finally seeing that representation. And I think you're exactly right. Part of it is seeing ourselves in the story, but not just seeing women in the story, but the way stories are told. And if we see history as all battles and warriors, there's two problems with that. The first is it suggests that women weren't warriors. And there's a lot of evidence that anthropologists are finding that that's not true. But it also fails to tell the complete story of a history that, yes, we were warriors, but we were gatherers and we were communal and we were interdependent upon each other for survival. And we were the educators in all of the ways that women had an impact. And I think that that's what's so really cool about what you do, tours and the way you talk about women. Part of it is telling the story, which includes women and contributions that people don't often think of, but also telling the story that some of the contributions you see and hear about that have been presented as typically male, actually women were involved in doing those very things as well. So I wondered if you could talk about that a little bit. Yeah, it's interesting that you say that because when I started these tours, I wanted all the women to have an impact outside of the area that I'm talking about. I wanted them to have an international or national impact. But I started realizing a lot of those women um, really can tell the story too of just what it was like to live in a certain time period in a certain place. And so I can tell the story of Louise Blanchard Bethune, the first professional female architect and what she had to do to get there. And in that vein, I can also talk about architecture in her time period. But I can also tell the story of a woman that people didn't know outside of the city of Buffalo. And she can tell the immigrant story because she was able to be a woman who started a business and how unusual that was. And those are the stories of history too. Somebody that runs a jewelry firm that maybe there's 10 of them in a city can still tell you a lot about what it was like to live in the latter part of the 1800s running a business and being an immigrant in a city in New York. But you can also get the story that's a lot more impactful to everybody, I guess, just because she was the first professional female architect. And I think kind of to what you're saying, both of those stories are important and both of them involve women. And I think for a long time, it was okay to tell the story of anything, of a city, of a country, of a time period with just men, important men, everyday men. And nobody thinks that that's unusual. But then when you do that with women, it's somehow strange. And I am arguing that an entire story can be told just through women, not because men aren't important, but because the women can do the same thing. They can tell the same story. They can give you the same information because of course they were there and they were doing a lot of the same things men were doing we just either see it as a first and how amazing and unusual that is, or we just see women in everyday things. We don't need to talk about that because to your point, we talk about battles, we talk about elections, we talk about these major turning points in history. They're all those major players, but everybody is a part of history. And so women are a part of history. Yeah, I think that that's an excellent point because one of the biggest problems with androcentrism is that it contributes to the persistence of gender-biased outcomes. Because if we say that the stories of women and by women aren't important, then how can we begin to change anything, make things better for anyone if we don't really think that the voice and the stories and the messages that come from women that are about women, but about the world through women are important. We have to believe that's important. And I think that's part of what March being Women's History Month is about, which is saying, well, wait a minute, let's just interrupt the way we've always thought about this for a second and realize that we haven't actually gotten the whole story. Because you can't have the whole story if we don't understand all of the pieces. And I think we see that today as we look at the situation with Russia and the invasion of the Ukraine and 
Yes, there's tanks and yes, there's soldiers. But what about all of the families and the children and the immigrants moving into Poland, breaking up of families and all those things? I think we can all look at that and say that's a much more complete story than tanks and bombs and soldiers, right? And we're getting better and better, I think, at telling those stories. Just from the people that take my tours, it's interesting. A lot of the older people say how much men and women, how much they hated history because it was just memorizing dates and they didn't feel connected to these people. They were so far away. It didn't matter. And I think historians and teachers are getting better and better about telling those stories. Just like you said, you might tell a soldier's story, but you also might tell the story of someone who was affected by that battle or someone who was displaced and all of those stories are important and together that gives you the connection. And that's really why we study history is to understand the past so that we can understand ourselves better. We can understand the people around us and telling women's story is half of that. Yeah. And it's almost hard to separate the two. Again, last week I talked about World War II and how do you tell the story of sending America's men off to war and not tell the story of then sending women who had traditionally been homemakers going into the factories and the important role they played in both helping with the war efforts, but also within the economy of America and keeping the economy going. So those are not two separate stories. Those are one story. And we need both sides of that story to have a complete view of the story. And I agree with you. I think we're starting to see that a lot better. And I was wondering if you could talk about how the origins of your company, No Illusion Tours, started with the story of women. The tour you started was called Buffalo's Favorite Daughters. And I thought that was really interesting. As a person who was born and raised here myself, I was really interested in hearing the things you talked about, architecture and politics and all of these things and how I didn't really know any women who were talked about in that way. And so that really struck me. And I was hoping you could tell us a little bit about how that came to fruition and how it really has driven your purpose. Yeah. So overall, I wanted to tell Buffalo story from different perspectives. I feel like we talk a lot about food in Buffalo and architecture in Buffalo and there's so much snow, but we weren't really telling the whole story and that there's people behind the architecture and the food and all of that. And some of those people are women. And so I figured what a better way to start and who better to tell Buffalo story from a different perspective than women, because I started seeing that there were a lot of them around. Frances Folsom um, lived down around the corner from me and didn't realize that. And there was a plaque for her house. And I learned that um, Mary Burnett Talbert, one of the women that was involved in the beginnings of the NAACP, that's huge. How is that right here? Um, And and we don't know it. How is it right here? And we don't know it and we've never heard it. I didn't know any of these women existed when I was in middle school, high school, even college. It just made me sad that I live here and I don't know about these women. And I think some of them should be known by almost everybody. There's two women on my tours that are in um, the National Women's Hall of Fame. So if they're important enough to be recognized there, but I grew up in the city and didn't know about them, what does that say about how we teach children of all genders about their history? And I mean, we took an entire class when I was a kid on New York State history. I took a class in college about New York State history, Buffalo history, didn't talk about these women. And I wanted to be able to do that. I wanted to lend my voice to that. And so I started off with this very big, long tour and realized I needed to break it up. So there's three tours now um, in different areas of the city. And then it kind of branched out for me trying to tell Buffalo story in other ways. I learned a lot through doing it with these women. So even though I have tours that have other subject matter, they do include women, of course, too. But 
learning to tell stories in a specific way by doing it with these women and really found a lot of role models in them as well. That's really interesting that you talk about role models. I think a lot about how when we don't tell stories from women's perspective or about historic women, that they don't end up being role models. And too often, only men are role models to both men and women. And sometimes women are role models for young women. But I know I've spoken with you and you have nephews. Yeah. And so can you talk a little bit about the importance of storytelling, women in history, and what that means in terms of role models for all? Yeah. Well, like I mentioned before, even in fiction, but especially in history, I had a lot of men I looked up to, and there was nothing wrong with that. But having that perspective as a child and now seeing other children, especially my nephews, knowing that they're going to look up to different people and want to be like different people. And I was actually just telling my one nephew about F. Scott Fitzgerald because he grew up in Buffalo and he was so interested in him because he wants to be an author. And I thought, well, Anna Catherine Green is on my tours as well. And she's almost a better example for him because nobody really talks about it, but she wrote America's first bestseller. She was the fourth woman in first person to write detective fiction, the first one to write it at novel length. And he wants to be an illustrator and a writer. And I just think that there's no reason he can't look up to Anna Catherine Green as much as he looks up to F. Scott Fitzgerald, or even more so. And I think, like you said, it's the defaults for boys and probably girls to look up to men. But for boys to look up to women somehow seems unusual. And I hope we're getting away from that. I hope my nephew can take a tour and say, wow, she's really cool. I want to be like her. Yeah, what you just said is profound. It really punctuates the importance of storytelling because we can look at the data on the surface and say, well, look, only 27% of women were getting history degrees. And now almost 50% of women are getting history degrees. And there are more women historians. But the test, the real test, what you're saying, which we are nowhere near, is when young boys will pick up a book written by a female author with a female on the cover. And that isn't seen as a woman's empowerment book. When we normalize the idea of woman at the center of the story, not always, but equally, just as likely to be the center of the story, because we still very much see a Hollywood that pays men more and puts far more men in lead roles. We see books where the lead character is male far more often than women. And when a male is at the center of the book, and I've used this example before, like Harry Potter, we see boys and girls alike running to purchase those books because those are books for all. But if you looked at a book like Anne of Green Gables, by the nature of having Anne in the book, you're saying this is for girls and not for boys. And until boys and girls are on the covers of books in equal measure and boys and girls are picking up those books in equal measure, I don't think we're even close to being where we need to be. And we're certainly not in any position to deny Women's History Month or say that we don't need to still be fighting the fight. Right, exactly. And it's interesting because when you talk about stories, I was very lucky and grew up with American Girl and read so many of those stories and identified with these little girls. And the whole point was that throughout history that people are still people. We all want the same things. And I connected with these little girls and found this love of history. And you know, learned about colonial America through Felicity and American slavery through Addie and all these other characters. And they meant so much to me, but I don't know of any little boy would have read those books. And it's great that we had this moment for girls to connect with history and to encourage them to care more about history. And maybe that's the reason girls are going into um, fields that have to do with history. Um, But unfortunately there's 
little boys still not necessarily looking up to women in that same way that it was just totally normal for me to look up to both. And I yeah, think I, was- I love that you talk about the American Girl dolls because when Pleasant Roland started American Girls, that was the exact thing she wanted to do. She wanted to be able to have little girls have an interest in and see themselves in. And to sit there and, and say stereotypically that women aren't interested in history is very unfair, but it has been historically a perspective we've believed because nobody's really interested in a history that they're not a part of, right? right? Or a history that isn't speaking to them at all. And quite honestly, a lot of people aren't into history, men included, because they don't see themselves in the story. And it's not even just male or female. Everyone doesn't want the story of these particular archetypes of the hero and the warrior. People connect with everyday stories of life and living and what that was for all people and families, because most of us are part of families. And so you know, boys, girls alike, we connect with the story of family. And I think you're exactly right. I think it's a missed opportunity when boys aren't getting those stories for them to look up to women as heroes, but to even themselves have more of a connection with history because they have sisters and brothers and they have moms and they have friends and, you know, they live in a world of men and women and stories of men aren't the stories of all humanity. Right. And that's a really good point because I felt like at certain points in my life, I've had to justify why we even learn history and why we talk about it, especially when, you know, STEM has been pushed so much and that's history is the only part that's kind of left out of that acronym. And all of that's very important, but we do need to learn about each other in different parts of the country and different parts of the world. If you don't know anything about that location and those people that live there, how can you relate to those people? The same thing with gender. If you're not going to ever hear stories from women, then how are you going to understand anything about women? If we're not telling women's stories, we're not telling the whole story. We're not connecting with everybody. Yeah, I think that's so true. And I think what you're saying about the importance of history is really punctuated by the conversation we're having here today. It is important to understand our history because it helps us not to make the same mistakes again. But we can have a myopic view of what that history looks like, an incomplete picture, which diminishes the importance of understanding our history, understanding what it means to look at a history in an incomplete way doesn't give us our best chance of then using history to make better decisions, to make more informed decisions, to really understand where we come from and who we are today. You want that full story. And it can't just be the chronicles of men. And I know you have a favorite quote, and I wanted to give you a chance to to say that quote, and then I'll share one of my favorite quotes. And this is the quote from Aparna Basu from the University of Delhi. Yes. So she says, history is no longer just a chronicle of kings and statesmen, of people who wielded power, but of ordinary women and men engaged in manifold tasks. Women's history is an assertion that women have a history. That's so powerful in so many ways. You know, we have wars and we have violence and we look and we say, why don't we learn? And you just said, it's a history of wielded power as opposed to that of ordinary women and men. And if you tell the story of 
history as war and men fighting to conquer and not the story of mothers and fathers and children and immigrants and children being displaced. And if you don't see that whole story, then you get this kind of distorted view. And I have a favorite quote, and it started with a quote from Simone de Beauvoir, and I'm going to end with one, and this is going to be my manifest statement, my key takeaway. She says, quote, representation of the world, like the world itself, is the work of men. They describe it from their own point of view, which they confuse with the absolute truth, end quote. And I think that that's the whole thing. It's not absolute truth if it omits so many perspectives. And so we need to continue to push to tell the stories of women, the history of humanity, inclusive of women's experience, so that we can correct both the invisibility and distortion of not only the female experience, but also just the general experience of humanity, because we are not telling that story of humanity the most powerful and accurate way that it can be told. Absolutely. That's really, that's the heart of it is telling the story as accurately as we can and with as much impact as we can and including women. And that is vital. I love that you're doing so much to take the charge and contribute to the telling of our history. So I was wondering if you could share a little bit, if anyone's in the Buffalo or Niagara Falls area, but even if they want to just check out the website so they can learn more about what you do and the way that you're using uh, women's voices to tell the stories of our history, where can they find you? Yeah. So everything is no illusions tours, Buffalo. So I'm on Instagram, Facebook. Um, that's what the website is as well. No illusions tours, Buffalo.com. Yeah. I'd love to see anyone and everyone come to tours. And I can also um, chat via Instagram and email um, on the website. And that's wonderful. We so appreciate you in Women's History Month and always being a woman who is so committed to not only entrepreneurship, but doing so in a way that is specifically intended to help correct the invisibility and distortion of our experience and the female experience. Thank you so much. And I am really looking forward to spring coming and jumping in on one of your tours. And I will put all the information of your tours in the show notes so people can find you there. And I'm sure they will. Sounds good. Thank you. For more resources, you can visit my website, www.advancingwomenpodcast.com and connect on Instagram at Advancing Women Podcast. I love getting your feedback. So please email me at drdsimone at advancingwomenpodcast.com. I just want to thank Joe Jacobs, the audio warrior who wrote the music for this podcast. And a huge thanks to Heather Harris, the creative warrior who designed the Advancing Women podcast logo. And thanks to all of you for joining me here today.